Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. I am publicly going to shame my wife, though, who is self-employed, so has to fill out a tax return. She still hasn't done hers. And I have been bugging her since last year to start thinking about it. There are lots of people out there who could potentially be owed a tax rebate. And it's worth saying up front, these are always free to claim if you go directly to HMRC. But we found there's also a pretty thriving industry of third party companies that offer to do it for you. So many people don't know about marriage allowance in the first place or how it works or or whether they're eligible. You'll have many, many people missing out on what is essentially um, free free cash. We're definitely not talking about marriage through rose-tinted glasses today, are we? Sorry, sorry, Danielle. Congratulations on your recent engagement. <laughs> you did it for financial reasons, didn't you, Danielle? <laughs> this week, along with witch experts Danielle Richardson, Gareth Shaw and Jenny Ross, we'll be deep diving into taxes, talking tax returns with plenty of advice to get yours ordered and filed on time. And at the other end of the spectrum, tax refunds, how people are losing hundreds of pounds going through third party companies and how to check if you're due a refund, which can be crucial as we'll get on to later since HMRC won't always notify you if you're owed one. We are which. We are very much in tax season with the tax return deadline fast approaching. But if you haven't already filed yours, you'll be pleased to know you have an extension. Here's Emma Robson from HMRC on the new date and why they've pushed it back. Because COVID-19 has affected the capacity of some taxpayers and some agents to meet their tax obligation on time, we are extending the filing penalty um, as long as you file your return online by the 28th of February, then you won't receive the usual late payment automatic penalty just to give people that little bit of extra breathing space. Also, anyone who can't pay their self-assessment tax by the 31st of January deadline won't receive a late payment penalty as long as they pay their tax in full or set up a a time to pay arrangement by the 1st of April. It's telling that HMRC is given an extension this year, isn't it? Because we're dealing with the knock-on effect from the pandemic. And as we've been talking about loads on the podcast recently, with rising costs across the board, people's finances are really being squeezed at the moment, aren't they, Gareth? 
Yes, they are, Lucia. And we've talked about it on the podcast before, but, you know, hot off the press, yesterday's Consumer Prices Index, the the rate of inflation was published. That's gone up to 5.4%. This is the highest it's been for years and years. Mm. And people really are feeling the crunch. They're seeing their weekly shop increase in price. They're seeing, you know, a bit of wage stagflation as well. One of the Massive drivers here is energy prices and, you know, it's only going to get worse. The price cap, that is the cap on unit prices uh, designed to protect people from huge increases in energy costs. That's being reviewed. The the new price cap is going to be published in February. It's going to kick in in April. That's predicted to be 51% higher than mm. it is at the moment. People are getting really worried about how they're going to be able to pay for such a massive increase in their utility bills. So, of course, the government has said that it is looking at all and every way it can to ease the pressure on people as we see prices rise right the way across the board, extending the tax deadline, giving people a little bit longer to pay their bills without hitting them with penalties is one area where they're able to give some kind of support. And can we go back to the time to pay service Emma mentioned earlier? How does this work and can anyone apply for it? If you're worried about how you're going to be able to pay your tax bill this year, and let's face it, many, many more of us will be in that position this year, the time to pay scheme could be a real help. It's basically an arrangement where you can spread the amount that you owe over um, monthly payments rather than paying it all in one go. Um, It's not a one size fits all thing. So it's not that you'll pay Mm. a fixed amount every single month. The level of the repayments and the amount of time that you need um, in total are worked out based on your individual circumstances. And it's also flexible, so it can be adjusted as you go along if necessary. For example, if your income increases or decreases, you can cut or extend um, the payments or the amount of time you need uh, to pay everything off. In terms of how you put the payment plan in place, you can actually do that online yourself in many cases, providing you meet several criteria. And they are that you have filed your latest tax return, that you owe less than £30,000, that you're within 60 days of the payment deadline and that you're planning to pay off the debt within the next 12 months or less. If those things don't apply to you, then you can call um, HMRC directly. It's a self-assessment payment helpline and get that set up with somebody over the phone. The one thing to to point out here, it's it's, it's an important point um, to bear in mind, is that choosing to settle settle your tax bill using the time to pay scheme, so paying back in instalments, that does incur interest. That will be included in the overall debt that you pay off under the arrangement. But really, I guess it means that you need to think carefully about whether you really need to use it. If you do, then contact HMRC or go go online as soon as possible to get an arrangement in place. Um, it needs to be uh, all sorted out by the 1st of April at the latest. Now, one thing is for sure, if you're listening to this and you haven't quite finished yours or, you know, even started, then you are very much not alone. This time last year, over a million people waited until the final month of January to file theirs. And I was really surprised to find out that nearly 3,000 people filed theirs on Christmas Day. Now, Gareth, I know that won't have been you because from previous years, I know that you file yours and dare I say it, sickeningly, sickeningly early. But... 
we want to know your secrets. Tell us, what are your top tips for, for getting ahead of the game here? Confession time here. I usually, you're right, I usually do file my tax return, which is relatively straightforward to do because, you know, all I've got to really put on there is things about child benefit. Um, I usually do it in the April. So right as the new tax year starts, I file my tax return for the, mm-hmm. the previous tax year. I actually didn't do that this year. I filed it on the 2nd of January. Yes, I know. <gasps> shock horror. Shock horror. <laughs> I filed it right at the beginning of January. I used the tax return system partnership that Witch has because it has all of my details logged already. So it's it's literally just a click of a few buttons. I don't really need to add, I add a little bit of information and then it's submitted. I am publicly going to shame my wife, though, who is self-employed, so has to fill out a tax return. She still hasn't done hers. And I have been bugging her since last year to start thinking about it, um, but she hasn't done it. So this deadline extension is actually, for our household, is fantastic because it means we've got a little bit of extra time to get her tax return in shape. But uh, enough about me and my domestic arguments. Let's talk about (laughs) some of those tips um, you were saying. Now, you know, thankfully, my wife has an accountant. So um, she's on the ball. She's already she's been self-employed for years. She already has registered with HMRC. She has her unique taxpayer reference number. This is a really critical thing. Because if you've never filed a tax return before, you've got some admin to do before you can even go ahead and do it. You need to register with HMRC. The deadline for that was the 5th of October, but there's still time to register. It takes a couple of weeks to get registered. So you need to get your skates on, really, if you've never done that before. And then in order to file, you need your unique taxpayer reference number, your UTR number. That can take about 10 days to arrive and another 10 days for an activation code as well. So you're talking about another three weeks there. So you've got about six Mm. weeks until the end of this extended deadline. You need to get your skates on to get all your admin ready to even start filing. Make sure that you've got prepared all your sources of income as well you know you you need to work out your profits for the year if you're self-employed and and it's not just the income you earn from work it could be other income as well rental income savings and investment income pension income you know uh, anything from your investments that you get i mentioned it this is the main reason why i file a tax return is child benefit. If you receive child benefit and and either you or your partner earns over £50,000, you might have to pay that back as part of a a child benefit higher income charge. Basically, you you have to pay back 1% of the child benefit for every £100 of income that you earn between £50,000 and £60,000. And once you earn over £60,000, you've got to pay it all back. Um, So that's one thing that people could get tripped up on it's worth noting that. I guess the one thing I would flag here is it's critical that you get your tax return in by the deadline, but it doesn't mean that everything has to be completely correct on there. If you're going to struggle to meet the deadline, you're not exactly sure of some of the figures, you can put in estimates. And then once you do know the figures, you can go back and make an amendment at a later point without incurring a fine. So if you're not sure, just make sure you put an estimate down and then go back and amend it a bit later on. (laughs) 
Now, when it comes to your taxes, hands down, the most exciting thing to receive is a tax rebate or refund. But for many, a recent rebate has left a sour taste. Now, Danielle, you've been looking into the companies that are charging customers up to 50% of the tax refunds they could actually claim for free. What's going on here? Yeah, that's right. So for one reason or another, which we will talk about a little bit later, um, there are lots of people out there who could potentially be owed a tax rebate. And it's worth saying up front, these are always free to claim if you go directly to HMRC. Um, But we found there's also a pretty thriving industry of third party companies that offer to do it for you. But they'll also take a cut of your rebate when that comes through. And um, there's there's most commonly a focus on uh, helping to claim back marriage allowance, as people can get up to £1,220 if their claim's backdated. To give you a sense of kind of how many companies are around, I had a quick look on um, Companies House and counted uh, 208 firms Mm. alone that had the terms tax reclaim, tax refund and tax rebate in their name. That's obviously, you know, tip of the iceberg. We found that a lot of people are coming into contact with these companies. So we ran a survey of 4,000 people back in October 2021. One in five people told us they'd been contacted directly by a tax refund company. So that's either by email, phone, um, they'd received a letter or a text message or they'd heard of one through word of mouth or found one online. Mm. And then of those people who'd been contacted, two in five said they then went on to use that company to claim a rebate. And then looking at how much these companies actually charge, I had to look into 14 and uh, found that they charge between 25 to 48%. And that's sometimes plus admin oh. fees and VAT on top of that. So how it works is that HMRC will send your rebate check to that company who you've asked to you know, claim this on your behalf. They'll take their cut of the fee and then pass on whatever's left. Mm. So in some cases, you know, I think I think it's fine if people know about that and they're opting to pay that kind of money. But in a lot of cases, we found that, you know, some of these companies don't mention fees at all on their website and they're not being clear enough about what they're going to charge. So some people are, are totally unaware that they're, they're expected to pay anything at all and getting a really nasty surprise at the end of it. And in, and in your article, you mentioned seeing a letter from one of these companies that looks very similar to one from HMRC, the colour, fonts. I mean, could that really be a coincidence? We got sight of this letter and I think it's fair to say that there are several things that sort of taken all together could suggest a sense of authority and perhaps an affiliation with HMRC when actually there's no affiliation at all. Um, Obviously, people are used to getting letters from HMRC through the post. Um, We've got this similar colour and fonts going on. Um, There's a mention of um, records. There's a mention of a, a specific figure that someone could be owed. But Crucially, there's no mention about the company stepping in on your behalf to to get this rebate or of the fee that you'd be charged as a result. And Daniel, you you actually found examples of, um, you know, couples who had um, been intrigued by an advert to claim marriage allowance and who went through the process without realising right until the very end that 
they weren't dealing with HMRC. There was one that stuck in my mind, um, you mentioned, that where they got right to the end, they realised how big the fee was going to be, and they ended up not making that claim at all. So it just goes to show how confusing, shall we say, those those branding similarities and, and the messaging can, can really be. Yeah, absolutely. There, there was one couple I spoke to, I think they saw... Um, an advert on Instagram and they clicked through, gave all of their details um, and it was only when uh, they received a letter that they realised they'd given their details and everything to this third party and when it came down to it they just they they had to they would have had to provide extra details before they then were sent their rebate and they were just so uncomfortable by the whole process that they chose not to go ahead with it in the end, which is is quite sad. What a shame. Is that something you could bring to the financial ombudsman service? It's not, unfortunately, no, because um, tax refund companies, they're, they're not regulated um, right. in the same way that, say, a claims management company would be. So they, they don't really come under the, the jurisdiction of the financial ombudsman. So, well, let's go back to this letter. I've got a quote from it here. Um, It says, our records indicate that you might be entitled to a tax rebate for unclaimed marriage allowance of up to £1,188. Now, first, as you already mentioned, Danielle, we should say that the maximum backdated payment you can get is, in fact, £1,220. But we'll talk more about marriage allowance later on. What gets me here is these so-called records. What kind of records could this company and, and others like it have access to? And, and how could it possibly know whether you're entitled to marriage tax allowance? This is something that we found was um, a, a bit of a murky area, to be honest. Um, it, it's really unclear kind of how and where companies uh, will will get your contact details from and, and how they're choosing you know, who to contact and who not to. Um, And unfortunately, I I don't really have um, much of an answer for you because it's something that we just couldn't shed very much light on. But certainly, yeah, a question to ask, I would say. Well, let's hear from HMRC on these companies. Here's Emma Robson again telling us that HMRC is looking into how to tackle them. So HMRC has been listening to customers and stakeholders, their concerns about these um, tax refund agents, and we'll be running a consultation next year on tackling sort of the high costs that you can incur if you claim these rebates through these agents. Make sure you come through directly to HMRC to make the claims, ensuring that you get them for free rather than having somebody um, take a percentage or take a cut unnecessarily. And also these um, tax agents they aren't affiliated with HMRC in any way. Now, before we talk more about the claims companies, can we go into a little more detail into the kinds of tax rebates you can get? The ones HMRC do notify you about and the ones they don't. Yeah, so first of all, it's probably worth starting with a reminder of um, how you pay the right tax in theory in the first place. If you're employed, thankfully, that's not something you need to worry in theory uh, too much about because your employer will use your tax code to work out how much you should be paying. Troubles can arise where if your tax code isn't up to date, for example, if your circumstances have changed throughout the course of the tax year, and that's what could um, result in you paying too much or, or too little tax. More often than not, that will only become clear at the 
end of the tax year, if it does turn out that you've you've overpaid or underpaid, HMRC will send you um, what's called a P800 um, or a simple assessment tax calculation. That basically shows the steps that you need to take to, to get a refund or to pay the, the underpaid tax. So yeah, at that point, you could end up getting a lovely check in the post if you're really lucky. If you pay by self-assessment, your bill will be automatically adjusted. Going back to employees, um, it should be said that you, you don't you don't necessarily need to wait until the end of the tax year to to to, to sort of rectify incorrectly paid tax. HMIC actually has an online service that will explain how to claim if you have paid too much tax, um, and this can be on things like pension payments, a redundancy payment, interest uh, from savings, foreign income or fuel costs or um, work clothing for your for your job. You can claim back the tax that you might have paid on that. So you just need to go to gov.uk forward slash claim dash tax dash refund to find out a little bit more there. Then you, you've got the marriage allowance, which you've already touched on, which is a bit different. Um, this is a potentially quite valuable uh, tax break for married couples and civil partners. And to qualify, one of you needs to earn between, uh, no, sorry. And to qualify, one of you needs to be earning less than 12,570. That's the personal allowance. Um, and the other person needs to be earning less than uh, £50,270, basically be a basic rate taxpayer. In Scotland, the, the upper limit there is 43,662. The gist is that the lower earning partner, if that's you, you can transfer £1,260 of your personal allowance to your higher earning partner, meaning that together you can collectively pay less tax. And this tax year, that's a saving of £252. But um, as we've already run through, that allowance is not applied automatically. You need to apply directly with HMRC to benefit from it. and the really exciting part is that you can backdate it by up to four tax years. So if you have been eligible all the way since uh, 2017 and you haven't yet claimed, that could now work out as a, a little windfall of £1,220. The trouble is really that, that so many people um, don't know about marriage allowance in the first place or how it works or, or whether they're eligible. You'll have many, many people missing out on what is essentially uh, free free cash, um, and it's it, I think it's that confusion that is really working in the interest of these these third party firms because people think oh I can get a get a tax break a tax break I've never heard of that um, definitely got to follow this up and haven't clocked that's something you could and should be doing for free in a very straightforward way directly with uh, with HMRC. And Jen, just to put that in context, last year, 1.8 million people claimed marriage allowance. But when marriage allowance was first launched, it was estimated that 4.2 million people would be eligible. So you're talking about millions of people there that could potentially claim this, but aren't, you know, less than half are actually claiming it. So you're absolutely right. It does does leave an open door for firms to come in and and try and claim it on people's behalf. So let's bring it back to these claims companies then. There's an interesting quote in Danielle's article from one firm defending their 48% fees. They say they spend a lot on marketing and getting people access to their tax relief, though I don't think that 
quite justifies the fee. But the company does have a point when they go on to say, and I quote, in many cases, it's our advertising, not HMRCs, that makes a person aware of it. So the question here is, should HMRC be doing more? Why can't they notify customers about all kinds of tax rebates? Lucia, I think that, that, I mean, the cynic would say it's not really in HMR's interest to do it or indeed the government's interest to do it because, you know, if more people are aware of it and more people are claiming, that's more money out of the government's coffers that they'd have to pay to people claiming the tax relief. I, I perhaps don't want to be that cynical. It is tricky. I mean, I think there's an awful lot of information HMRC would need to have in order to proactively notify individuals. They do, on on occasion, have campaigns that they use to promote marriage allowance, and they'll usually do that through mm. people like us, the media, you know, journalists. They'll send press releases out with data and information and rely on publications like newspapers and magazines and websites to... Uh, publish it and remind their readers that this is a benefit that's out there. I mean, crumbs, over the last couple of weeks, I've been on TV talking about marriage allowance. So, you know, Mm. I guess I've been doing my bit about informing people that that this is out there. And so that's kind of what um, HMRC is relying on. And I think the, the point that the the refund company made, you know, we pay for the advertising, the fees cover our advertising, I guess if HMRC were to spend a load of money on billboards and TV ads and, you know, online ads on this kind of thing, that's taxpayers' money that they're spending in order to do that. They've got to pay it to Google or TV company or whatever. Mm. Is that the right way to spend taxpayers' money? I'm sure unmarried people who or people who aren't eligible for this would probably have something to say about mm. that. It's a tricky balance, you know, and HMRC does have to have that balance of doing its bit to tell people that this benefit is out there whilst managing and balancing out the interests of all taxpayers as well. Of course, we have got great information on our website, in our magazines, on this podcast telling people about it, and we try and reach as many um, people as possible. And we do. We reach millions of people every single month, you know, but that's an ongoing challenge. It's quite odd when you think about it, is, is it kind of rewards marriage or civil partnerships. And is it right, really, that that someone earning, you know, 40k, maybe even close to 50k could benefit from this? You make really good point there. I mean, there's a there's an element of politics in this. This was introduced by um, David Cameron's Conservative government. And, you know, he wanted to put an onus on marriage and um, benefits. But right the way through our financial and tax system, there are benefits for people who are married. If you talk about inheritance tax, you can inherit mm-hmm. all of your spouse or civil partner's assets completely free of tax. You get to inherit their tax-free allowance, which means you can give away a million pounds. Now, if you, and like, I could, I benefit from that. My, my, I'm married. Me and my wife will benefit from that if we ever have an estate worth a million pounds, fingers crossed. <laughs> somebody who could spend their entire life with somebody else as their partner, they could raise a family, would would only benefit from half of that. So it, it is an odd one. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. On the point, I think, about income levels, yeah, I mean, it may be somebody earning £50,000 
it doesn't seem right. But I, I, pers- I think it's probably the most sensible way of cutting it. You know, if you earn less than the personal, say, personal tax-free allowance, we all get this, £12,570. If you're not earning enough to utilise that, should you lose it or have the ability to pass that on to your spouse? So as a couple, as a family, perhaps, you're able to make a a tax saving. And it's not a game-changing tax relief. It's a few hundred pounds every year that you'll save in tax, which, you know, is useful. I can't I can't really see any other way that it could be administered other than using the tax bans that exist. But maybe I'm biased because I've got a wedding ring on my finger, you know. <laughs> so, I, you know, I don't think it's it's all that bad. No, I, I, I don't think it's all that bad either. And I, I certainly wouldn't begrudge mm. any couple who, who can take advantage of, of this allowance. And I and really m- many more should be based on our based on our discussion. But um, it, it certainly does feel a little bit anachronistic. Um, yeah, as as Gareth said, so, so much of our financial and tax system is geared towards couples who have uh, gone through that, you know, rite of passage of, you know, either mm. marriage or, or, or civil partnership. And as someone who has been uh, with a partner for, for 12 years, but who aren't married, it's a source of some dismay, I guess, um, that, that I feel like we have to get married to shore up our finances longer term. It's, it's very bizarre, isn't it, really? We, we don't have kids at the moment, but that, you know, probably, it's terrible to say it, but probably if we do get married, it would be motivated by... Um, you know concerns around finances and tax mm. to, to be sure that you know when when one of us dies the other one won't be left high and dry in terms of you know the the, the rules around how states are divvied up if you're if you're not married as a couple you don't have any entitlement to your um to your partner's estate legally if there isn't if there isn't a will in place so it's uh yeah it, th- that that question that just relates to the marriage tax allowance actually um is a much bigger one that that, that talks to many many aspects of, of of the financial system we're definitely not talking about marriage through rose-tinted glasses today are we <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry danielle congratulations on your recent engagement <laughs> Oh no! Don't don't worry about it. I'm exactly the same. <laughs> you did it for financial reasons, didn't you, Danielle? <laughs> I think we've hit a nerve there, and we could probably debate this for quite some time. But let's pull it back to to tax rebates, and and let's end on some advice, shall we? Um, if you think you might be owed a tax rebate, how can you check, and how can you apply to make sure you get the full amount without any middlemen? As I think I've said and Jenny said already, um, just always go straight to HMRC. Um, I think, as Jenny mentioned earlier, uh, the gov.uk website has lots of information to indicate whether you might be eligible. So, you know, have a read of that. Have a read of possibly the witch advice. Um, And if you think that you might have a claim in there somewhere, if it's for the marriage allowance, you can call the income tax helpline and uh, you're going to need things like your national, yours and your partner's uh, national insurance number, along with um, things to prove your identity, like your uh, P60, UK passport details um, and details of any loans, credit cards or mortgages in your name that would appear on your credit report. And then uh, for other tax refunds, you can go to gov.uk forward slash claim dash tax dash refund. 
um, you'll be guided through a series of questions uh, to see, you know, what you say, what you want to make a claim for. And um, HMRC will just give you instructions from there on how best to claim. Thanks so much to Danielle, Jenny and Gareth for coming on the show and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. Now, if we could ask you a favour, if you haven't already, please do hit follow to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening. And for more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And if you want to contact HMRC for help with your self-assessment tax return, the number to call is 0300 200 3822. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was recorded by Rob Lilly, produced and edited by Rob with additional support from Ian Aikman and Charlotte Gifford. Mm-hmm.